the Nashville 2 Podcast with your host, Edward Fox. Well, g'day viewers and listeners. It's Ed Fox with Nashville 2, where we tell your story. And I am pleased to have a special guest on today. Uh, you know, well, I'm special Ed, but he's a special guest. Mr. Michael Morrow, who we met networking and and Michael's got a great story and is helping people all over the Nashville Metro. And I said, Michael, you need to come on and tell us your story. I had to twist his arm. So if you see him moving slowly with this arm, that's why. Whatever. Hey, Michael, <laughs> welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Ed. It's good to be here and good day to you. Good day. Oh, very good. Very good. I'm impressed. <laughs> so, be oh, well, it works well. I, I tell people I've got, a, I've got a background that when I'm trying to teach people Australian, it's uh, good eye might. Hmm. So if you say that, just try and say that, and it comes out naturally as an Australian accent. You can't help it. Well, to be honest about it, you're, you're the most original Australian I've ever met and the only Australian, no, I'm just kidding. I've met a few Australians before, and but it's good to know, and you really give me a lot of insight to Australia uh, to make me say, hey, I want to go to Tasmania now. <laughs> yeah. Well, Tasmania is part of Australia, and we know Samantha, whose husband is from Tasmania, and of course, when you try Vegemite, there are tips for trying Vegemite that don't include eating it by the spoonful. That crap will kill you if you do that um most people do not like vegemite who have tried it because they put it on way too thick but you know what i'll have you know uh hence the shirt i've been an american citizen since 2016 i've lived here since i've lived in the u.s since 20, uh, 1990 uh, so i say australian by birth but american by choice the freedoms that we have in tennessee and in kansas where i used to live uh far outweigh uh, what's going on in Australia right now? It's like concentration camp Australia. Now, if you're Australian and you're watching this, no offense meant, well, just a little, because uh, the freedoms, yeah, yeah, exactly. The freedoms that we're seeing in Tennessee, um, I'm, I'm much more, much more appreciative now of what we have in free states like Tennessee and Kansas and not being stuck on the coasts or, um, you know, stuck in a country like Australia. For all its benefits, I, I love to visit. But um, I couldn't live there again. I am I'm hooked. I am hooked on the American experience. And so I say American by birth. Uh, sorry, Australian by birth, American by choice and Christian by God's grace. So uh, that's that's where I'm at. So I love the flag hanging in the background. Uh, I've got another show I do called The Edward Show, and it's a mashup of people from Australia and America. And uh, that's this. And you can subscribe to that too, uh, viewers and listeners on my podcast and on my YouTube channels. I'm not very good at like um, telling you guys about everything I'm doing. I've also got a networking education series that I do because it's important to network. My daughter made me this background. It says, for those of you listening, it says serial entrepreneur. And she put all the boxes of the serial on it. So it, it was pretty funny. Um, so anyway, back to back to Nashville too. Because Nashville 2 is about telling your story. And so, Michael, let's dig into your story. Are you from Nashville originally? Yes, born and raised actually in Nashville. And, you know, when you show that cereal box behind you, the Lucky Charms, I was like, oh, my goodness, I was offended because I'm Black Irish. You know? <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> Sorry, I don't get that. That's all right, because I actually have an Irish ancestry. But, oh, um, but <laughs> Well, these days, these days when we run our ancestry, we've got so many mixes. We have absolutely no idea. You know, it's yeah. like when I fill out a form and they say Pacific Islander and I tell my wife, well, Australia is an island in the Pacific. Aren't I a Pacific Islander? 
You know, I have sense. I have African friends that are white. Do they they say, can we put African American? I said, look, I said, it's all about the data points. I said, I'm exactly the same. I want to put Pacific Islander, you know. So, hey, Black Irish, why not? That that sounds like fun. That sounds almost like a, a coffee with Irish whiskey in it. That's what it is. Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, with no milk. Would that be a Black Irish? I don't know. Yeah, it, I, it, might, it might be a little cream in there. You know? <laughs> oh, oh, OK. Am I offending anybody? Because I don't mean to. I'm just having fun, as you know. That's all right. I can't offend anybody. I've done the background uh, on my hair, on my heritage as well. I actually do have Pacific Islander, I have European, I have African, you know, all this stuff. So I, I, I can cover the whole world except maybe Hispanic. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, you know, I've got two great jokes about uh, races that aren't. So one is, um, did you hear about the Norwegian Navy putting barcodes on the sides of their warships? Really? So when they come back to port, they can Scandinavian. I know, isn't that good? And, I love it. Uh, the second one just flew out of my head. I don't know where it went. It's gone. But um, that's all right. I, I can cover. I can cover the slack for you because you know I got my money jokes. And I'll say, hey, what what did the duck do? What did the duck say when he finished shopping at the store? What did the duck say when he finished shopping at the store? I have not heard this. Put it on my bill. <laughs> I like the one you told this morning in networking. Uh, what was that again about uh, bread or something? Yeah. Why do people call money dough? Why? Because they need it. <laughs> yeah, I like that one. I'm stealing that one. Okay, so you're a Nashvilleian. You're one of those unicorns. You know, I have met so many people from Nashville. You keep saying you're unicorns. You're a friggin' big herd of unicorns. I'm like, I'm telling you, there's a lot of you here. So, um, so grew up in what area of the Nashville metro? So I um, grew up in Nashville, but and most people might know it as the southeast part in Antioch. So okay. I call it, I, I grew up in L.A., lower Antioch. So that's, okay. where, I, so that's where I'm originally from, even though um, I, I lived in, as a, really as a baby and child and grew up in North Nashville and then moved down to that area in Antioch and then really grew up there through my, you know, high school year or preschool years, high school years and all through that. Then, you know, went to college, Middle Tennessee State got my master's in Phoenix, Arizona through, you know, Grand Canyon University. So all, all this great uh, knowledge I have, and I still love Nashville. Tennessee is no place like home to me. I love it. It's great here. Family's here. Um, some, you know, we got some families sporadically, but mainly the hub is here in the middle Tennessee area. Gotcha. And so growing up, is there a place that you like to go that still exists today? Yes. It's called my bedroom. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, but um, yeah, there. I, you know what? I really have the travels, all the travels I've been through, and I haven't been to Australia yet or New Zealand. So, uh, I but, don't worry about New Zealand. That place, you know, all the 160 million sheep and three million people. I wouldn't, I wouldn't mess with it personally. I'm scared now, no. <laughs> okay, <laughs> but no, I really, I'm, I've, my wife and I have fallen in love with Arizona and the different parts of it. They, they always said treated us you know pretty much like royalty when we go down there great people the food the authentic food being in the southwest area even close to the border um you know when people get mexican food here in this area uh it's kind of a americanized but when you go closer to the border you really get the authentic, authentic right yeah. yeah i was specifically saying in the nashville area because we are nashville too oh. so so i do like uh, i do like traveling around and trying different foods of course i mean i'm you know, I love food, um, big guy. 
but in the Nashville area growing up, is there like a little hole in the wall, whether it's food or entertainment or a park or whatever, sort of like one of the hidden gems on this show, we tend to ask you about three hidden gems in the Nashville Metro that, you know, if you live in, if you live in say Gallatin or Hendersonville or North Nashville, you might not know about something in Murfreesboro, Antioch, Franklin, Spring Hill, you know, all that sort of that 2 million plus Nashville Metro from probably from Dixon to Lebanon, Portland or White House down to Columbia. Um, I, I don't know what the actual MSA actually is of Nashville, but that's what I consider sort of like Nashville Metro area. Yeah, that's a good question there. And growing up in Nashville, there are a few places that we go to. One, one place that was really great when I went years ago, even though uh, I have moved outside of Nashville recently, but um, there's a place, and you might like it. It's called Ed's Fish and Pizza. I don't know if you heard of that. You know, so what a mix! That'd be that sounds like fun. I don't is. like. I don't do anchovies on the pizza. I always thought watching Happy Days and all the American shows growing up. You know, they said, "Well, hold the anchovies." I'm like, heck, they must sell a lot of anchovies on pizza. I've never done any research, but all the American shows talk about hold the anchovies. I'm like. Well, if everybody's holding the anchovies, why do these pizza shops even have anchovies? Or is it just an in-joke I never got? I believe it's because that's they're telling how much people hate anchovies. I think, actually, it was the war on anchovies back in uh, 1982 to 1989. <laughs> no, but it, it's really, yeah, people, the, I used, when I was in college, my first year of college, I worked uh, part-time at uh, a pizza joint, uh, actually right. Domino's. And we're not we're not doing a sponsor on them or anything, but he did was hang on, hang on. Domino's, if you want to sponsor the Nashville Two podcast, hit us up. Okay, yeah. go ahead. Exactly. Or if you want me to come teach your people about financial education, hit me up too. There <laughs> so, you go. But yeah, it was. And there was a bowl, or well not a bowl, but a, a bucket of anchovies to the side. They kept it chilled and so forth. It was maybe one time that someone ordered anchovies on their pizza uh, the whole time I worked there. And I worked there. My, my first year in college and so forth. So it was that much hate of anchovies people had. <laughs> so, okay. So did you ever just eat some anchovies? I've never eaten anchovies. We used to have a fish paste called anchovy paste that I loved on bread and butter, but I never thought to put it on pizza. Mm. I haven't tried it yet. My, uh, my wife's uh, stepfather, he actually loved anchovies, anchovies and mustard, anchovies and hot sauce and anchovies. So he was like, I love of it. Now I might try it one day. I don't know. I, I smelled them. And I, and, and so if someone passes out and say, if you don't have any smelling salts, so go ahead and give them an anchovy. So Michael, so you grew up around Nashville. You grew up in Nashville. How far out of Nashville are you now living? We actually had recently uh, come down to Murfreesboro. Oh, okay. Yeah, I know so you nice. guys like to keep that separate from, but for us new folk here, you know, I go to networking events in Murfreesboro. I, uh, that steak and shake in Murfreesboro, Dave, Dave's place is awesome on, on what is it? Old Fort road. Um, so yeah, simple plug for Dave there. He, he is a great guy. He actually got, uh, we had him on the show a few weeks ago. Uh, I don't know that that's aired yet, but uh, him and his mom both deployed during desert storm. Hmm. He was a nurse and he was, I think he, he cooked. She worked for a MASH unit. Do you ever watch MASH growing up? I saw the reruns. I okay. don't want to date you now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, they were probably reruns for me. I like to tell people when I first got here in 90, Mr. Ed had just started airing in Australia. 
So I copped flack. You know, they called me Mr. Ed all the time instead of special ed. My mom thought I was special. She called me special ed. Uh, but everybody else called me Mr. Ed. I'd be walking down the hall at school and they go, Wilbur. You want some peanut butter? That's how they made him talk. Just to let oh. You know. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Put it in his lip, right? Yeah. Okay. So you're in Murfreesboro. So you're still in the Nashville Metro. Um, tell me a little bit about what your business is and what you do. Well, basically what I do, I help people who are credit challenged and also empower them with financial literacy to get them to that place of financial dignity, which they've been called. So a lot of people are trying to strive for better. And then when they, I speak to my clients, I speak to say, I didn't learn this in high school. They didn't teach us this. And, and now they are teaching it in high school for the last 10, 10, 12 years. And it's required in the state of Tennessee, it's required to take a semester of personal finance before oh, you wow. can graduate. That's a and great idea. Yeah. I want a lot before a whole year. So um, what I did, actually, I taught personal finance in school system for uh, about 15 years. And while doing that time, I had students who said, my parents need to know this. So I'm talking to the parents of the students. And so I'm thinking like, well, they don't know this. Don't right. other, other adults may not know this. So that's when I really started expanding and getting out in the community and doing guest speaker and, uh, events and talking to adults about it. And that's where the kind of the business really started taking off and helping people reach that level of financial dignity. So one of the things that impressed me about you is, is there's a lot of people out there that say they do credit repair, right? And you always like to differentiate, differentiate yourself and say, I don't do credit repair. I do credit restoration. I, I think, uh, you know, everybody can hang out a shingle if there's no licensing requirements and say they do this thing and they don't. I, I've had a lot of people, friends that, are, that I've said, look, you know, you can you can repair, you can you can do your credit better if you do these few couple of things. So I'm not you know, I'm not a specialist or anything like that, but there's some basic stuff that's worked for my wife and I. What's the big difference for you um, between all of those people out there that say, hey, we do credit repair and your differentiation of doing credit restoration, which some people will say, well, it's the same thing, but it's not. Thank you for asking me that because, you know, in our network meetings, I really don't have time to break it down that right. much. Uh, so let me let me say this first. I, I used to be in the credit repair business. Uh, As, uh, folks, for those of you listening, he's doing air quotation marks when he said yeah, credit repair. Yeah. Yeah. Quote, quote, you know. And so that's uh, so I know the difference because I used to do that portion years ago. Someone got me into it since they know I, I taught financial education and personal finance. And it was basically one of those uh, MLM companies. And I'm not knocking it because it was a good company. There are good ones out there. There are not good ones out there. Um, but what it does, it basically said, hey, I do credit repair. And what you do is that person enrolls you into that program and they get their little commission and the company uh, sends out the dispute letters for you. And that's it. You, you know, you get back the updated credit reports and it's a 45 day cycle. And it worked on some basis, but then you still had people going back to the same habits and going back in the same uh, hole, which they uh, dug in the first place because they had lack of knowledge. And right. uh, the scripture says my people perish for lack of knowledge because they have rejected my knowledge. So with that being said, in the first couple of years of that business that I had, I want to apologize to those individuals who are my <laughs> beginning customers. <laughs> I didn't do you justice, but now um, my goal is to counsel people to really get them to the point. I want to change their habits, money habits, 
to something better. I want to educate them. I want to spend time with them. So th this, uh, so, and number two, certification. A lot of these people are not certified. And one, one thing that I do, I, I connected with the uh, company. It's, it's, it's basically a financial, it's a financial education council and they give you certification to be a, a financial education coach and a trainer. So certification is crucial when you meet with somebody. Now, I'm not knocking those other people because they do give you know a nice quality service. But if you just want someone just to do the work for you and you don't want to really build a life of, of financial dignity, financial dominance or financial destiny, and I'll explain what that is in a few minutes. Now, if you just want someone to do it, get it done so you can get the house, fine, go ahead and do that. But if you really want to leave a legacy for yourself and your family and the community, this is where I come to play. And we have different ways to help uh, the clients do that. Right. So we're not saying that those credit repair folks don't provide some good. The, the, there's ones out there, I'm sure, that can get you, you know, a, a third of the way to a 10. You know, maybe they can get you to a three or whatever In if we're ranking them on, on the value that they bring. But you've got so much more, you know, and you and I have talked about this a little bit before, but you've got so much more that you can provide just basic things that people don't know. We were talking in Murfreesboro on Monday at the Connect Nashville networking event that goes on there. Where is that? Boombar's Pizza at nine o'clock on Mondays. So if any of you have a business and you want to network in Murfreesboro, nine o'clock on Mondays at Boombar's Pizza. Yeah, it's not open, but they just open the doors for us to network for about an hour. So you want to get there about nine, right at nine. And uh, it wraps up about 10. But uh, so a little plug for Connect Nashville there. Um, but, you know, we were talking about just the ranking of credit cards and people not knowing that, oh, I've had this credit card open for 30 years, but I, I never use it. So I'm going to shut it down. They don't understand the impact on their credit score by doing that. Exactly. And a lot of people come to me about, hey, I had this credit card. I don't use it. It'll improve my credit score, right? If I just close it out, I say it'll kill your credit score if you close it out. And that's part of your, and this is where my the financial education comes into play, is part of your, your credit score is the length of time you've had credit. Right. So the longer you have a particular trade account or trade line, uh, that's the better line of credit you want to keep on there. Now, if you have something that you just opened up, um, is $1,000 or $500, and you still got several accounts you've had for 10, 15 years, and you want to close that account up, that's fine. But this is what I advise people as well. It's all about credit management. Not, and, right. and people need to learn how to manage debt and not make debt. And when it comes to uh, my credit counseling program, it, I call it financial 3D. And the financial 3D is the 3D stands for financial dignity, financial dominance, and financial destiny. And in that portion, in the financial dominance part, you actually use credit to start dominating your finances, to be in the control, you can start getting assets, you can start building your credit score. And so I tell people, go ahead and use that $500 credit card, put a, put a, a bill on it and let it auto pay right. every month. Right. And instead, of using, instead of using your debit card, which doesn't build your credit, use that credit card and then automatically pay that credit card off every month with your uh, credit, with your debit card. There are two benefits to that. Number one, you're building your credit, all right. And then number two, well, I'm gonna say three, three things. Number two, you're paying it on time. And number three, you're not giving anyone uh, outside of the credit card companies access to your personal checking account. Because a lot of people, if you do things over the phone and let's say you call the light company or you call the phone company or whoever you call, you wanna pay a bill. Well, you're telling that person 
your credit card information or your debit card information, and they can have that information. Even if you do it electronically online, there are people in the company that have access to your personal checking account information. So now, well, what's the difference between a credit card company? Well, listen, credit cards actually have a liability. So if someone gets into your account fraudulently, you know, if they only have access to that, that one account, now you can have that money put back into your account because you used a credit card. So if you use a credit card instead of a debit card, you have more security when it comes to your personal finances. Those are great points, Michael. And one of the things that we did is I hate giving my debit card, right? Because just for the reasons that you said, if a credit card gets out there and there's some fraudulent use, it, it comes back. And the debit card is just so much more of a hassle on getting that resolved. And the, and you're freaking out because your money's gone, right? Um, a couple of things that we did when our kids were young, and and this takes some, it takes some discipline. Would you agree that it takes some discipline to utilize credit cards correctly? Yeah, so I don't encourage people to do this right away until they have their credit card debt, not only under control, but I say, let's start it over and pay it down to zero so we can really properly uh, help you. Right, yeah, I used to love it when you could pre- check the credit card company. So like we would travel back to Australia, we know we're going to spend about $5,000 for the month. We're in Australia visiting relatives and taking them out to dinner and my sisters and stuff. And so we would set, we would have money that we'd been saving all year. We'd set aside and we would pre-send the check. We'd send them a $5,000 check. And then that showed as a credit on our, on our credit card. Uh, but now they don't do that. They send you a check back. They like yeah. they won't keep the check, but they used to be you used to be able to do that. So we would go over and we would spend the money and we'd know that, hey, the bill's already paid because we'd been saving all year for it. Now, we weren't disciplined from the get go. But as we got on a bit and understood how to build credit and use credit, you know, and we're eight, 780 to 820, depending on the day. Right. Um, so we're pretty happy with the credit score. But um, one of the things we did is we got three kids and when they were little, uh, we would send them to Australia by themselves when they were 10, 12, 14, you know, freaked us out every time we did it, but everything, everything went well with all three of them. But we would put a credit card in their name, add them as an authorized user, and then they could use the credit card. And one, um, and, you know, there was tight controls on it. You couldn't set limits back then. You couldn't set like spending limits with the cards we had. Now you can. Uh, but we said, look, you know, not only will, will you get, in trouble, we'll yell at you, you'll get your butt busted if you spend over the limit that we set you each month. So anyway, so the un, unexpected result was they would come back from that trip and they didn't really spend more than we told them to. But because we kept their name on that credit card, when they turned 18, their credit scores were awesome. Now, we didn't let them have the credit card to just wander around America and spend money. It was only when they went to Australia. But so we put those credit cards in, in the lockbox and they didn't use them again. But come 18, they're like, oh, did you know I had a 740 credit score, Dad? I said, yeah, because your name was on all of our credit cards as an authorized user. Let me tell you the experience I had when I first did this years ago. I was working with a client um, and a bank had referred them to me. And I was sitting down, I said, great, well, let's have our little consultation here. And we'll have, because I do free 30 minute consultations to see where people are. And we put up his credit score, which you can do that at annualcreditreport.com. You know, that's mandated by the government. You get one free credit report, not the score, but the report from each credit reporting agencies, one free every year. So I tell people, go ahead and stagnate it out to where 
do one every four months to see where your score is uh, from each bureau. So can we you pulled say that again. Can yeah, you annualcreditreport.com. Okay. Since, since there are three credit reporting agencies, pull your credit report from one agency every four months. Okay. So because there are three and because three and three times four is 12, 12 months in a year. So what I did was I said, listen, we'll pull one. I said, well, I think we pull Experian and we pulled Experian. And we looked at it and I was like, okay, there's a credit card in your name here. And I was going through blah, blah, blah. And I was able to actually, my, the company that I partnered with at that time, we were able to pull his score. Right. And we pulled a score. I said, well, your score is like 720. I think it was 720 or 725. And this guy said, listen, I've never had a credit card. I have never had any. I just got out of college. I'm just trying to get my credit score up so I can get approved for uh, an apartment complex. And I was like, I looked at it. I was like, hmm. Then I looked more detail and I found out his grandfather had made him an authorized user on that card. And he never knew. Right. And so you can tell this when you go to your credit report, if you're a young person or someone that's a young adult, if you have a card that's in your name and it's being paid very well, that's the key. Parents, please make sure you pay it on time or you're going to not only mess yourself up, but you're going to mess up your child. So um, you can see the letter A next to your name which means authorized user. And so when you do, that's how you know someone to put you on their uh, trade line or line of credit. So you can start building credit before you start building credit. Right. And so if you, if you are disciplined and if you are good at paying off your credit cards, adding your kids and not letting them anywhere near your credit cards, by the way, no, no. <laughs> adding your kids as they grow. And then it was funny because like my oldest now is is uh, 29, I think, as of 2022. He turns, I think he turns either 29 or 30 in September. I should know that stuff. I don't, I don't but yeah, uh, yeah, you know. But uh, it was really funny because uh, we'd put him on there uh, like at eight, nine or 10, something like that. And so at 13, he's getting all these credit cards in the mail because his credit score is so good because he's on our, on our. And so he's like, oh, can I have this credit card? Can I have this credit card? And I'm like, no. He, because he would walk down to the mailbox and get the mail. I'm like, he's like, these three are for me. I said, you ain't even touching them, dude. You know, uh, and two of the three kids have been really decent with their credit. The third one, uh, that, that, and I'm not going to say who, you know, which I got two boys and a girl. I'm not going to say which one, but uh, that I've got to make sure I don't use gender pronouns that give it away. Uh, but they are being more careful than they were in the past. But again, you it's something you got to work on, right? It's, it's just like working out at the gym or the way we eat or anything, financial uh, fitness, financial fitness is something you have to work at. It's not, it doesn't come just like that. You know, it's not like we could eat anything like we're in our twenties and we're not gaining weight because we're burning it all off. Then we get to thirties, forties and fifties. And we're like, well, I used to be able to eat like that. Well, Financial uh, competence is the same way. Financial fitness is the same way, correct? That's correct. And you really have to work on on a daily basis. Uh, you have to continue to manage your money. And uh, I, I call it a spending plan. Uh, I don't like to use the B word, uh, budget. <clears throat> but uh, <laughs> that B word. Yeah, I what's use that? that? Yeah. yeah, I knew that one time at a school and the principal had walked in when I say, OK, I'm not going to say the B word. And her eyes lit up like, what is he talking about? And I had to say budget. budget. She's like, oh, OK, but yeah, <laughs> uh, in a spending plan, it's a living document. you got to continue to work on it month after month. You can't just say, OK, I got everything I need here in March. I'm good. But April, you know, 
you have different holidays coming. You got Mother's Day coming up in May, Father's Day in June for us fathers who don't get anything. Sorry about you guys. But anyway, it changes on a regular basis. And I tell people uh, with your credit, Rome was not built in a day. So your credit score is not going to snap and do a Thanos snap and it's going to change overnight, you know. And so that's why I work with people over time because it does take over time. And most 50% of the time, let me say this, when, when real estate agents or mortgage lenders, financial advisors, uh, bank bank managers, whomever, when they send people to me, 50% of the time, this person is at the 11 o'clock hour with their credit score. And they said they need something done quickly. And I'm looking at their credit report and I'm thinking like, okay, well, this is not going to be a seven day thing. Now, let me pause right there for, don't pause the, the show, but let me pause my thought. <laughs> so uh, on the, there are some programs, those credit repair programs, that actually can get your score boosted within seven days to two weeks. Now, let me tell you how they do that. Since I know that field and that game, they do this illegally. Okay, and let me explain how, because y'all are gonna get hear about these programs, and this is what it, what they do. What they do is they make the they make your credit be uh, as a fraudulent that this fraud has happened. They put a fraud on your credit report, and what the credit bureau does, they most of them, not all of them, take off those items that are being disputed, disputed and, and that are fraud. So what that does, if those particular accounts that, have, that are messing you up are disputed and taken off, that boosts your score. But after they prove or the credit reports prove that they're legit, well, these are legit uh, credits and, and you can't, then when we disputed it, then they put it back on. So that takes about 30 to 45 days for the credit bureaus to do that. But during that time, that 30 to 45 days or two weeks, your score is high. Now you can get approved for that mortgage. You can get approved for that car loan or whatever. And now they put it back on and your credit's back down. To me, that's illegal. And it is illegal, actually. So you know, when you do that, and it's actually hurting the person, because what you need to do is practice positive financial habits. Right. And so what I'd let people know, OK, you can go ahead and do that and get your house and everything. But look what's going to happen in the near future. You're going to need credit probably for new furniture. You're going to need credit for a, a house repairs and you haven't even built up an emergency fund or savings or anything like that. You haven't built up positive financial habits. So taking a shortcut, taking a shortcut is really going to hurt you not only in the long run, but in the in the near future, because you're going to need credit lines. You're going to need good credit once you move into your house. You're going to need things repaired that you, and you don't have money for it that you're going to, have to put on a credit card. You've been denied. You're going to need new furniture. You're going to put it on the line of credit because you don't have the cash. You've been denied. So I'm trying to get people to that level of financial dignity, which is the first level in financial 3D, which is money management skills and really telling their money what to do. And in, in my book, uh, Through the Valley of the Shadow of Debt, we talk about every dollar has a destiny, every penny has a purpose, and that right. gets people in the point of really managing their money. Yeah, and because that's one of the challenges I remember um, when I didn't have control on my debt, I, I was multiple business owner. We were using credit cards just to finance businesses and get them up and running. And it can be a struggle, right? It can be a struggle. Like I can't even buy a three pound box of laundry soap. I have to buy the one pound box because I can't afford to spend the money on the three pound box, right? I can't afford that. I didn't have the, the fiscal ability. And so I'm sure sometimes you got people listening to you that go, well, like, I don't even have two pennies to rub together. How can I do any of this? And so many times my dad, my dad was brilliant when he said to me, he said, you know, he said, you have, 
you have two circles when it comes to financial uh, to financial stuff. I can't remember the word he actually used, but basically he was saying, he says, you've got your income circle and you've got your outgo circle. And he says, if you overlay those and your income is less than your outgo or your outgo is the same as your income, he said, that's not good. He says, you can only do two things. You can either reduce your outgo, you can reduce your expenses, or you can increase your income circle. That's all you can do. And as a business owner and as somebody that loves to teach people how to run businesses, how to build businesses, I can't teach you how to build a Facebook or an Amazon or a Tesla, but I can tell you, I can teach you how to build a successful small business that might do a million dollars a year in transactions. I can get you to that level, right? Just by education. Um, People need to understand that if they're working a job, COVID's shown us, if nothing else has, that while you're working a job, you need to build, uh, dig your well before you need it. What's your well? Your well is your side hustle. You need to have a side hustle that's bringing in extra cash or, or you need to spend less than what you make. And if you can't spend less than what you make, then you need to make more. Oh yeah, that's all well and good, Edward, but how do I make more? Well, you need to get to somebody you trust and you need to look at some opportunities out there that can help you make more without taking a lot more of your time. Because right now, if we're in a job, we're trading time for money, right? And we only have so much time. What is it? 168 hours a week? Whatever it is. Um, it might be too much for people because they say a week, man, can I get through the day first? <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Right. So financially, that they have to understand some things and put them in place. And if they need help with that, you're the guy that they need to reach out to. And if they need help with starting a side hustle, I'm the guy they need to reach out to or somebody that they like, know, and trust in their circle of influence. And that's great. because And I'm glad you brought that up because it brought to my mind, there's a scripture and I think it's Ecclesiastes. It talks about um, doing actually a side hustle. It says, uh, do the job that you have to do during the day. And if you have another one in the evening, do that too and see which one works better before you let it go. Cause there are a lot of people out there that want to start a business and say, great, I got my idea. I got my, I got things going and everything. And they quit their day job. They're nine to five right. before the, the, the side hustle really gets off to replace that income. That's a mistake people make. And so right. there, there are over 2000 uh, scriptures in, in the Bible about finances and uh, money and business. So that re- relate to money. Well, and, there's another verse. There's another verse that, and I can't think of the actual verse. It might be in Ecclesiastes two, is uh, not two, but two T O O. Like Edward doesn't know his Bible. No, Edward doesn't know his Bible as well as he should. Yeah, my Sunday school teacher tells me that all the time. Um, however, there's a verse that says if you're doing seven ventures, do eight. And I always tell my wife because I'm a multiple business owner. I said, see, the Bible tells us, look, if I'm doing seven ventures, do eight. And she says, yeah, but it doesn't say do fifteen. <laughs> You know, but the, but the thing is, you said something really, really strong. And I learned in one of my first businesses was uh, we got counseled that if you have a side hustle, we didn't call it a side hustle back then. But if you have a side hustle that is making you good money and you're trying to decide whether you can afford to quit your job or not, if you can deposit your uh, J-O-B income, your job income, and not touch it for anything for six months... In other words, don't touch your job income for six months and live on your side hustle income for six months. Then and only then can you think about quitting your job. And that to me has been the most powerful statement on how I was able to have a job and do a side hustle at the same time. I love it. 
that's what that's what it's all about and so to be independent as well and i'm trying to get people to that level of financial independence and those who love their job i mean you don't have to have a so side hustle you don't have to have a, a business on the side to where you're growing you can still keep your job through the day and still retire a multimillionaire with the right knowledge and education right. and so there are many different vehicles and investments you can use and we get into that as well but my goal is to get the foundation um, before because in financial and my, my goal in the future is to build a, a we already have built it but really i kind of want an institution we all got i got the curriculum program but it's called a financial 3d institution to where we're actually teaching young people and young adults and even adults how to manage their money how to manage their debt and credit and how to start building wealth on a simple level so we can go ahead and have a strong a strong nation financially because economically we we are we are not a nation when it comes to individual economically strong um yes we, we we have a lot of money our gd our gdp is great it's high and but i want to build a, a society well you know it starts within our household and then we go to the community then we go to the state and we go to the to nation i want to build a society and there are other people out there like me that actually have people that can make it through a recession they don't have to participate in the recession they don't have to worry about inflation and that's where I break it down to people. Even today, when gas uh, prices have went up a dollar, dollar fifty, and I break it down to them, I say, "Listen, let's look at this on a, on a simplistic scale. What was gas before to you?" And they say three dollars. How many gallons does it take to fill up your tank? Fifteen. So that's forty-five dollars to take to fill up your tank. Okay, great. Now it went up to four dollars. Okay, great. Well, what's four times fifteen? Sixty. So now instead. Of 45 and take 60, what's the difference between that two? And they say $15. So you're flipping out over $15. Is that what's going on here? So I try to get people to look at the simplistic part of it and really say, okay, if, you, if you're on that type, if you don't have two pennies to rub together, like you said, let's look at what's really going on. What expenses are not a necessity? We go over needs, wants, and values as well. What is truly a need? Is Netflix really a need? Is <laughs> Apple Plus really a need for you? You know, what can you cut back? Do you need this unlimited plan of yours or can you cut back if it's really that important to you? And I work with other business owners as well. If you truly want to find that those finances to build your business, what can you cut back even on a fixed schedule? I've been there and done that. Right. Uh, Brother Ed, I was there. Uh, I was even to the point I, I lived out my car one time as well. I've been in bad, a bad relationship where I had to leave because of, of abuse. And I said, I don't wanna live like this. And I don't want my kids to grow up in a house like this and see a, a, this type of relationship. So I packed all my stuff up in a vehicle, which thankfully I paid off and left. And I had to start over. I know what it's like to start over. I know what it's like to pull from a, a, a fund that you were trying to build up for a time. And I know what it's like to rob Peter to pay Paul, even though you're not supposed to pay either one of them, supposed to pay right. the Lord. But anyway, but, right. but anyway, and but my goal is to, to let people know there is uh, life after bankruptcy. There is life um, after you've lost, you know, so much. And you can live that life that's that's promised to you, but you have to have, you have to be a good steward over what has been given to you as well. Yeah, and, uh, you know, not that we're getting real uh, spiritual or religious mm -hmm. here, but we all go through our trials and tribulations, right? We all, mm -hmm. we all are going to go through that. I think when we're in our 20s, we don't realize, we all say life is short, and it is, because as we get older, it seems to speed up, right? Our years go quicker. But let's face it, if we have the average lifespan, I think it's around 82 to 87, depending on whether you're male or female, uh, you've got a lot of years 
to repair any mistakes, to repair any damages. And we're not just talking finances here. Some of us need to repair relationships, right? Mm -hmm. We need to repair relationships. God has given us time to be ready for him. God has given us time to repair relationships. We don't know when we walk out the door tomorrow, whether that's the last time we're going to see somebody, right? We also don't want to leave them with a bunch of debt. So it makes good sense to get financially disciplined, get financially fit and talk to somebody like Michael. Um, The other thing I want to say is that we need to understand that there's some basic, simple things that you can learn to manage your debt. One of the things we love to do is if we have a series of uh, loans that we pay off, whether it's a car loan, whether it's, oh man, we had to repair the roof or we had some emergency and our and our emergency fund didn't cover it. Cause I, you know, I used to be, people say, oh, I have an emergency fund. And I'm like, dude, I don't have enough money to pay my rent. I can't do an emergency fund, but you know, it could be that jar of quarters that we keep on the, on the bedside dresser. You know, there is ways to just, if we put in a little and understanding the rule of compounding, if we, if we start investing as we get out of high school, even if it's only 50 bucks a month in an IRA or 20 bucks or 10 bucks, whatever we could put in, um, we, the power of compounding is great. Um, but so when we're, when we're doing those bills and if we see something that is maybe a uh, high interest, low amount, we will pay it off. And then that monthly payment we were making, we will roll into the next thing. We don't just absorb it back into the B word, mm-hmm. right? We don't just absorb it. Yeah. We can't say the B word, but, uh, but we roll it into that other payment, man. And it's like a bloody snowball rolling downhill, gathering more snow and gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And pretty soon you're zooming through those bills, those little bills that are just weighing you down that you're paying every month and not making much headway. And before you know it, you've wiped out a ton of that stuff. And now you've got the big stuff left, right? Mm-hmm. The car, the house, maybe. Mm-hmm. I, I don't, are you Are you a fan of that method? There are actually a few methods I like to tell my clients because everything every situation varies is different right, right. And so we have let me see that the debt snowball which you just mentioned very you know very popular and if those who've heard of dave ramsey he, he pushes that a lot um, but there's also the one with the high interest one. so a lot of people pay their debts off of they list it from instead of the high the lowest debt to the highest debt they list it from the highest interest rate card or debt uh to the lowest interest rate and they paid that item off first because they feel like they're saving a whole bunch more money by paying off the higher interest debt as well. Mm-hmm. And, and then they, they take they take that money and they roll it to the next payment that they usually will pay. And people get so, well, not everyone, but a couple of people get uh, have gotten upset in the past with me and said, wait a second, I just paid off that debt and it was $400 a month and you want me to not keep that money? And right. <laughs> You wouldn't have missed it anyway if you were still stuck paying right. off that debt. Well, so- and I like, yeah. So for those of you that have a Gmail account or a Google account, you can go into a Google spreadsheet. You mm-hmm. list your debts. You list the interest rate and the payment. And then you can sort the data column by interest rate or by payment, right? And so what we do is is we use both of those methods. Mm-hmm. You know, if we know we're paying out the wazoo whatever a wazoo is i don't know but i think that's the saying if we're paying that out we're like we can look at interest rate and compare and try and find a balance 
that fits for us, right? That understand that when we talk about these, a lot of these are generalities. And to talk about your specific situation, what we're talking about may not fit. You need to get with Michael and you need to sit down and you need to have a talk with him and listen to him on your specific case. Now, Michael, some people are probably thinking, oh, yeah, but again, I don't have any money and now I'm going to pay Michael to, uh, to do that. Like, how do I find the money to do that? What's the answer? Very good question. And so what I do uh, in the initial stages, I do a free, that's right, my favorite four-letter F word, free, you know, um, a 30-minute consultation, and I see where you are. And so we have different packages and program to help people. And so in that 30-minute program, I give them, uh, we, we talk and see what their goals are. We see what, the, what, they're, what they're trying to do, their challenge. And if they are strapped for money, then what I do is basically I give them insight first. And then if they need to get on a, a payment plan, I'll work that out with them as well. Um, but that most people, I say this, people do what they want to do. And they'll find a way. And they know the program will help them. And I'm not an individual that says, hey, let me just sign you up for this program and my, my company will go ahead and send you out. Unless they want that, I still have right. connections with those companies, but I'm not the individual. I have weekly follow-ups. Uh, we do uh, online uh, coaching sessions as well. I, I do email replies. And then I give you the documents you need. I give you the blueprints or we even do little worksheet ses sessions that help you really get a full understanding. I'm a, I'm a financial educator. I'm in the more, and I'm not just a guy who says, let's do credit repair. No, let's restore your credit. And then once you have finished with me, then you're able to continue on with what I've given you and then make it even more powerful. And you can pass it on to your children, grandchildren, whomever. And that's the difference in what I do for people who just do credit repair. Right. And so people have to understand that uh, I like to say you, at some point, you you have to make the decision, right? That's the first thing you have to do. My dad used to say, hey, Edward, uh, three frogs sitting on a log, they all decided to jump off. How many frogs were left? And I would say, well, none. He said, no, all three are still sitting there. I said, no, but you said they made the decision. He said, yes, but they didn't take any action. Making a decision with no action is nothing. That's just a wish. Yes. You wish for things to change, but you're not going to take the actions that you need to take for things to change. Uh, if you keep uh, what's the definition of insanity? This was his favorite one of all time. Definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. If I continue to eat donuts and expect not to be fat, <laughs> that's not the way that works. Not when you're yes. 54, maybe when you're Whoa. 15. Right. So yeah. so people have to make a decision. They're listening to us. They're saying, oh, yeah, I need to do something about that. Well, number one, decide to do something about it. And then number two, uh, call Michael. There will be contact information. Now, why am I pushing you call Michael? I want to help. I don't make any money from Michael. I don't do any of that. I want him on here as a guest because there's some of you out here that need to hear this. You need to know that there's somebody in your corner. Oh, yeah, but he's making money off me. Guys, everybody's making money off you. Every time you park out front of a restaurant, you're selling that restaurant to everybody that drives by. Every time you wear a Nike uh, pair of shoes or a, or a shirt or if you're wearing a type of hat, 
somebody's making money off your billboard, you're selling their products or services without you even knowing it, and you're not getting a cut. You talk up and you brag on people all the time. At some point, you need to look at yourself and say, I need some help in this area, and I might have to, may have to spend a little bit of money to do it, but he's got a 30-minute free consultation. Oh, yeah, but once he gets there, he's going to bend my arm around my back and make me sign. Dude, like I, I forget. People say no all the time. They somehow forget how to say that, that they're going to be able to still say uh, no. Like, in other words, what I'm saying, sorry, I'll get off the soapbox. What I'm saying is reach out to Michael, do the 30-minute consultation, uh, take all these goodies for free, all the free goodies that he wants to give you. Take them and say, thank you, Michael. Thank you very much. Is that is that fair? Thank you so much. And I actually, most of the time, this is what I tell people. I just... I don't give you more than what you need. That's right. It. And if you, and hey, the three 30 minutes, if that's what you need it, I say, hey, this, from what I'm seeing right here, you need to do this, you need to do that and do this. You don't need me. But then there are other people out there that really do need me. So I don't want to take anyone on who doesn't need me because you're taking the place of someone else who needs me that time. And so, right. yeah, I'm all about giving people what they need. I don't need to, I, I'm not struggling for your money. You're just a resource you're not my source okay right. and this is what i love about even ed as well because ed he he's giving of his time and this is why you're so prosperous this is why you're doing well because you're a giver and we, we are givers in our household and so my help doesn't come from the clients my clients are just a resource so i'm truly appreciative of what you've done ed and everyone you do need to continue to listen to ed and his uh, nashville too and, and everything else he does because he's hilarious, he, he's wonderful, he adds life to the conversation, he adds life to the group, and I look forward to just getting more interaction with him. So y'all, just continue to stay tuned on Ed's channel, all right? Okay. Well, great education. Thanks, Michael, I appreciate that. You know, it's hard for me to take those kudos, you know, uh, but I'm, I'm saying bring more, no. Uh, don't, stop, don't, stop. Don't stop. <laughs> um, so, Michael, if somebody wants to get in touch with you, what's the best way for them to do that? I have uh, different ways. You can go to my website at financiallybettercredit.com, all right? Or, and you can see my services, what I offer and what I do. Or you can call me directly. Uh, my number is area code 615-631-5574. And so if you go to my website and everything, you can see my other links to my other social media, go ahead and subscribe and link. You get free updates from me as well. Um, but I don't want to give you drip drops. I want to open up the window and pour it out on you so you can receive everything you need from me. Contact me and we'll do a 30 minute console as well. You'll find it on my website or you can schedule a time. Cool. And your book, is it available on Amazon? Yes, it is. Um, it's okay. called Through the Valley of the Shadow of Debt. D-E-B-T, not D-E-A-T-H, dead, not death. So I love that title. Is it available as a Kindle book as well? Not yet. Um, I'm okay. hoping it will. Uh, I'm going to, I'm looking at someone to get that transferred to me on Kindle. But right now it's not. Uh, yeah, well, if you, need, if, if you need help on that, I've got a couple of Kindle books up there. You know, dad joke books, extraordinaire. 101 grown-tastic dad jokes, for those of you listening, are available on Zaman. And I love Kindle Unlimited, too, because you get paid by the page. 
So you can put it up there, Kindle Unlimited, anybody that's paying the $10 a month Kindle Unlimited, where they can have up to 10 books on their Kindle. Uh, so they pay you by the page out of a pool. So it's worth looking at Kindle Unlimited as well. Any of you that are looking to author books, there's lots of great resources out there for you to do that. Uh, Michael, we haven't talked about a couple more hidden gems. So before we wrap up, and we're very close, um, what are some hidden gems around the Nashville area other Ed's Fish and Pizza other than that? What's a couple of other uh, things that you would like to highlight in the Nashville metro area for some of us that maybe are either new to Nashville or maybe we've lived in a certain area and we might not know about these hidden gems? Uh, one place I used to go to a lot when I was younger is called the Spaghetti Factory. Wonderful okay. place. Great uh, ambiance as well. But it's a, it's a nice family setting down in 2nd Avenue on 2nd Avenue North in Nashville as well. Uh, and if you just want to go somewhere for fun, there are several uh, of these. Now, I haven't been to this place in a while, but it's, a, it's next to the Spaghetti Factory. So if you want to work off all that pasta and you want to do some family fun as well, place uh, called the Laser Tag Place as well. You can go through that. Uh, okay. or you, and you can also get a lot of family fun centers down there as well that are located in that. So, yeah, it's fun. Nashville, downtown Nashville, there is BB uh, King's, which is on the same strip as well. Uh, down there, some so those who love the, the blues and, and those who love the jazz as well, go to BB King's, which is a few doors down from Spaghetti Factory. So Second Avenue Strip, downtown Nashville, Broadway itself, Broadway itself, it's, it's live. It's wonderful. The music, not just country music, got all types of music as well. Go down there, enjoy it. So that's my, my spill on that. If you want a little more uh, peace and quiet and, you know, and you want more kind of a Mayberry feel, but still modern, come on to Murfreesboro. We'll treat you right, too. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I heard, uh, was it Dave or was it somebody else that was telling me about the path, the, the walking path through Murfreesboro, sort of like from one end to the other? That would be pretty cool, too. By, uh, so I'm looking forward to doing some of that. You know, I think about walking, then I need to, then I lay down until the feeling passes, you know, sort of like working out. But um, hey, that's all great information. And uh, Michael will send me those links of the different businesses he talked about. We'll have his bio, we'll have his book information, we'll have his LinkedIn, we'll have his websites, we'll have all of that stuff. So there'll be no excuses, people, no excuses. You know, some people say, um, I'm, I'll, I'll do it when I get around to it. Well, for those of you that are viewing this video, here you go. Yeah, it's it's a Zoom background. It's got a round to it, which is a round piece of wood with the word to it, T-U-I-T, engraved in it. And it says, here's your round to it. No more excuses. So you can get around to it right now. And uh, actually, I'm learning how to put the um, information for us in the black bars that go on the Zoom video. So I'm, I, if I can figure that out again, I did it for the last one. So if I can figure it out again, I'll put your information in there too. So they'll be able to watch this. So Maybe you're seeing it already if you're watching the video on YouTube, Facebook, or LinkedIn. Um, Michael, any last thoughts that they need to know before we wrap up? Well, you know, I want to say, is it okay to do my little spiel that I do? Oh, uh, yes. <laughs> I love that. So let's do it. He, uh, him and I are both very creative when it comes to networking. You know, I like to talk about things like, I love ketchup. Let's do a one-to-one. -one. Let's catch up. And so Michael has his own uh, spiel, which I love. So listen up, folks. So, hey, everyone, I'm Michael with Financially Better Credit Services. If you know someone whose money is acting funny, whose change is acting strange, their credit has had it or they have debt they regret, send them to Michael with Financially Better Credit Services while I make you financially better. Ching, ching. That's so good.
I want to enlarge their their terrier money. Oh, okay, I want one of those. I want one of those, Michael. The big gigantic one hundred dollar bill, you know. I like your stretchy though. I like that too. Thanks, man. Thanks. Uh, hey, folks. I hope you enjoyed the show as much as we did, and we probably need to have Michael back another time to uh, go a little bit more in depth. But for today, we'll wrap it up and uh, look forward to uh, having you guys reach out to Michael and see if he can help you out. Uh, thanks a lot. Thanks for being on the show, Michael. Thank you again, Ed. This is the Nashville 2 Podcast with your host, Edward Fox. Edward Fox.